Thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. If you'd like to listen to more of LPJ and Sphinx, make sure to check out Last Action Podcast, where they discuss action movies. If you're looking for more Matric, check out twitch.tv slash matriconstage. That's M-A-T-R-I-K. You can also check out his work on YouTube, and that's Matric on Stage there as well. For more of myself... Craig WK, you can listen to podcasts like The Legend of Retro and Noiseland Arcade. If you're interested in supporting Noobs and Dragons, you can go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, where you can pay $5 a month for access to Behind the DM Screen, our behind-the-scenes monthly special. This show wouldn't be possible without our patron support. Thank you. Welcome back to Noobs and Dragons. So this is part two of our refresher on uh, the you know beginning of season two. So where we left off when we began the intermission. Uh, that intermission was supposed to only last uh, you know maybe a couple months, uh, two three months tops, tops. Uh, you know, and uh, the pandemic is still going. So we're going, of course, back to, you know, season two proper. And now that the intermission is over, we just finished, uh, you know, last week was part one uh, of the refresher. And this is the second part. So this is starting with day nine. Uh, And as I mentioned in the last episode, rather than give episode synopses, this is more of a breakdown of clues, hints, references, things that are going on in the city of Rayburn Falls you know, tying into the adventure. Uh, and we're going day by day. Uh, as uh, there's only uh, 13 days in the adventure so far for season two, and we're already at day nine. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive in. So with day nine, the group visits Verna L. Satrinefall in the government district, uh, who says that she cleared up Longinus's suspicions uh, after their debacle with him. Uh, she pays the group 25 gold apiece, as per their arrangement. It's now been a week, well, over a week in this case. Uh, Verna is very concerned that uh, the creature was once under control. It is now no longer under any control. Uh, but she then rewards the group 150 gold for slaying the demons in the tunnels. Uh, the group then asks about how she, you know, came to know of them. Why she asked for them specifically. Uh, so, uh, she fi- uh, the group finds out that Hannibal was mentioned by a gentleman by the name of Murdoch Obsidian. Alice was hired via a letter from Alizontalus Everwinner. Uh, but she can tell that that letter was forged. And uh, Thelonious was recommended by a dragonborn family member. Who, you know... Uh, she wasn't entirely sure who that was. The, she finds out, or the group talks with her, and they find out that Flatkey Marazon received uh, his position as a counselor in the city by being a famous adventurer. Uh, while they're talking, uh, it's brought up that uh, Verna's sister came to the city some time ago. Uh, 
said to be comatose and uh, pretty much needs 24-hour care. Uh, apparently, that's been keeping Verna pretty preoccupied. Uh, she has suspicions about Kibo Freedom Peak. Uh, you know, him gaining a lot from the fact that K-Ball Kefuddle died. Uh, she has no idea what the Armor of Endless Night is. Doesn't seem to. Uh, a guard interrupts the meeting, saying that a halfling named Roscoe is requesting audience with her. Uh, but she turns him away. Uh, she says that, you know, she's busy, can't talk to him. Uh, apparently he's been asking for her quite a bit. Uh, they then find out that Kimarazan's raiders were in the southern lands. The group visits Kibo Freedom Peak, uh, who has that list of suspicious mages. Uh, Juliana Blightcaller was a uh, student who abruptly dropped out and uh, went to work with Kimarazan's raiders. Uh, the other suspicious mage uh, is Zoff Reverus, who vanished about a month ago. Maybe almost two months ago. Uh, apparently he had uh, traveled for some time uh, to brush up on his skills. Uh, he went looking for his old teacher, Gada Davida. Uh, came back uh, to the city, uh, but has since disappeared. Uh, Zoff Reverus was, uh, let's see, taught by Gada Davida. I mentioned that. Uh but when he arrived in Rayburn Falls, he didn't visit the college. Uh, the group gets the contact information of Zoff's wife. Uh, apparently, Blightcaller was a difficult, difficult student herself uh, and just didn't have the talent to be a wizard. Alice avoids Alizontalus, uh, but Hannibal and Thelonius visit his office. Uh, he apparently investigated the summoning circles. He feels that like they were practice. Uh, they weren't very well done. He doesn't know Murdoch Obsidian, but knows of the mining town called Obsidian Town. Uh, apparently, it's north of Rayburn Falls. Uh, he knew Gada Davida when he was a student, uh, but didn't know Zoff Ravris. Uh, he knows about the Night of Death, uh, but doesn't know where Botulism's old lab is. You know, he is aware that Botulism Bloodbane is a necromancer, though. Uh... He knows of the Armor of Endless Night. Apparently it's seven pieces of plate mail forged in Worm King Citadel far, far away. Uh, was once wielded by Torn Ballantine, the uncle of Morn. Uh, he knows it's draconic. Uh, and that magical armor would need to be a complete set. Individual pieces likely won't work on their own. He directs the group to Morn Ballantine about the armor. Uh, the... Group asks him about the silver and gold skulls. Uh, he finds, uh, uh, the group finds that they went missing in his lab after his son and his son's friend disappeared in the Alchemal explosion. Uh, apparently keepsakes from a demon he had slain uh, that was enthralled to a demon lord known as Azadon, who is now a demon prince, having slain his two rivals and rules a layer of the abyss known as Pax Moradon. Alice herself, though, while avoiding Alizontalus, uh, was visiting Wendy, who knew of Zoff Reverus, a uh, former student. Says he was kind of dull, you know, had accidents a lot. Uh, she hadn't seen him for uh, over half a year. 
Uh, he went to visit Gada Davida, who was excellent himself, but a really odd teacher who would talk to himself a lot. Uh, she doesn't know what the Armor of Endless Night is. Uh, Thelonious arrived, throws a sock at her. Uh, she kicks them out of her uh, class, and Alice takes that sock. I don't know why I felt this was important to mention. Anyway, I... Uh, Let's see. Uh, they visit Zoff's old house. Uh, they find some guy named Harry. Uh, purchased the uh, house from Mrs. Reverus about a month ago. Uh, they receive directions to Janet Reverus's new home in the old residential district. Moving on up. Uh, they found evidence of divination magic having been used at the old domicile. Uh, let's see, uh, they, uh, visit the Dragon District, they meet with Zax at, uh, Blacksmith, uh, who gives directions to Morn's office in the Government District. Uh, apparently he hasn't, uh, seen Morn since the night after, or right after the meeting. Doesn't know if Morn's wife was a bloodbane, but she died many years ago. Uh, he escorts the group to Morn's ho uh, home in the Dragon District. Upon searching, Morn hasn't been there in days. He has no memorabilia of his wife, no rings, no jewelry, no possessions of hers, no portraits, nothing. Uh, but apparently there's a journal where he's been writing some of his, uh, uh, you know, sort of thoughts down, and his memories are failing him. He's having some kind of uh, memory loss issue. Uh, there's no sign of a struggle, nothing. Uh, Zach's heard that Mrs. Ballantine died of illness right after arriving in the city about 45-ish years ago. Thelonious takes a pair of Morn's socks. Once again, I don't know why I thought this was important, but I figured I would mention it. They visit the government district, uh, the building that has Morn's office. Uh, they meet Hank Pendlegrass, a human counselor of the old residential district. He shows no concern about Morn Valentine being gone. He seems pretty prejudiced about uh, two magic users and Dragonborn. Uh, Hank is related to Fritz's neighbor, Herman, who is also a jerk. Uh, they break into Morn's office, the group. Oh, uh, they also uh, uh, drew a crude image uh, on uh, uh, Mr. Pendlegrass, uh, Herman's uh, door to his office. I'm sure that won't come back to bite them. I... Uh, Thelonious takes a gold letter opener of uh, that belonged to Morn. Uh, the group realizes that there has yet to be a dragonborn victim in the case. Every single disappearance has been non-dragonborn. Uh, the group visits the sheriff's office to see Orval. Uh, asks if his guards can be on lookout for Morn and Botulism Morn and Botulism's old laboratory in the government district. Uh, he admits uh, that he's received orders to avoid the Dragon District, mostly from Hank Pendlegrass. Uh, or, yeah, Hank Pendlegrass. Herman is the uh, neighbor uh, who's related to Hank. Pfft, uh, already making this confusing. Hank is the counselor. So, yeah, uh, uh, Hank apparently has requested that the guards of the city don't go to the Dragon District all that much. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, mo uh, and also Flak Kimarazan also is not really too keen on dealing with the uh, dragonborn of the city. Uh, 
He says that the church district will have records of burials uh, to find Morn's wife. The group visits the governor, Thane Moore's office, uh, finds that he's not in, uh, but he lives in the old residential district. That's all they learn. They visit the uh, Grand Duke Lion Cathedral to meet Goldbeard, uh, but Altarius Brightmore stops the group. He offers to pass along their information, but won't let them see Goldbeard. Uh, Apparently because of uh, the issues they had had with him before. Uh, He provides the group with information on Morn's wife. Uh, She died of unknown causes and gives directions to uh, the grave. There's no children listed, uh, and apparently she died within days of arriving in the city. Altarius, though, will pass on a message to Goldbeard uh, and Thanemore about Morn's disappearance. The group visits Janet Reveris's home in the evening and uh, learns that Zoff had left some uh, uh, for some time to see his old teacher. Uh, but when he arrived back in the city, he got a teaching position at the school, but with erratic hours. Time passed, and Zoff dropped off his earnings. Uh, she believes this to be true, despite evidence to the contrary. The group knows that he never went to the school, but his wife believed that he did work for the school. Uh, she believed he was working on some special project. The group heads to the Mertiel Auberge and finds that a letter was slid under the door addressed to those who seek the past. With the name of a hotel in the new residential district listed called the Moonlight Cloak, the author says they'll be there for three days. The group asks Fritz. Uh, he says the Moonlight Cloak is run by an elf, says that there is a knock at the door, uh, but nobody was there except the note. <coughs> Thelonious leaves a, uh, a note for Kizaru Bloodbane. Uh, asking for the whereabouts of Morn Ballantine, his criminal contact. Uh, Hannibal explains to the group uh, that he's from Obsidian Town, where due to his error, Murdoch Obsidian summoned demons which attacked and killed most of the people, including Hannibal's father. Maxwell was heavily injured, uh, and his real name is not Demon Breaker, but Templeton. The group then visits the Grand Duke Lion Cathedral, Uh, It's locked. There's no answer. Uh, There is a shrine in the back, they find. Uh, The back door is unlocked. Uh, On the second floor, they hear a window open in in a storage room. Uh, They found scratch marks on the glass from claws. Scary. And while Alice and Thelonious go off to find a guard, leaving Hannibal alone in the church, where Project X319 appears and delights in his freedom from the circlet of domination. Alice and Thelonious meet Flatkey Marizan on the street, who's drunk. He uh, says the Mertiel Auberge is haunted, uh, gets upset that the team brought him to the church district. Uh, they ask him about Morn, uh, and Flack says that Flack, or that Flack says that Morn hits like a girl. Charming. Uh, Hannibal, meanwhile, continues his conversation with Project X319, uh, and then the the draconic monstrosity uh, says that soon the group will have need of it. Ominous. Uh, Hannibal uh, asks about Murdoch Obsidian. Uh, well, and while X319 hints that he has no connection to him, uh, the owner of the circlet perhaps did. I. Uh, 
he searched the uh, uh, building, X319 that is, and could not find what he was looking for. Meanwhile, Alice and Thelonious convinced Flacky Marazon to check out the church with them. Uh, and while uh, Hannibal saw uh, X319 leave through the front door, uh, they see a girl who looks like Julia Galestar, uh, the first disappearance they dealt with in the city, walk by. When Alice looks back, there's nobody there. It's as if they flew off. Ominous. Uh, at the church, they realize that uh, it was X319 using the disguise self-spell. Flacky Marazon kicks open a door, uh, admits that he once made a wish for ultimate strength on a genie, uh, but was tricked out of his other wishes. Shame. Uh, says that he heard two of the fe- uh, two female counselors whispering that Morin's wife was a bloodbane. Uh, I believe he said I uh, uh, heard two of them c- uh, cackling. Uh, he had some misogynistic way of referring to the fact that uh, it was two females at the counselor meeting uh, that were whispering about Morn's wife being a bloodbane. Uh, he says his raiders are paid by the city. Uh, they have no current mission. The group finds that Morn's wife uh, was named Pyralis uh, and that there are extensive tunnels under the church called the Catacombs of Kuru. I... Uh, doesn't seem uh, like uh, Flacky Marzan really cares all that much about the Raiders. He's, he's kind of a jerk about them. Kind of a jerk about everybody, honestly. Alice and Hannibal uh, visit the sheriff's office and meet Jeremiah and Reginald, uh, explain what happened. Reginald has a bit of a distaste for Kimarazan. Uh They'll send a team to investigate the church, though, and to check on Goldbeard. Thelonious sneaks and follows Flacky Marzan invisibly to the Red Gorgon Saloon. Uh, Flack is me- uh, meets with a woman in purple robes, stout halfling wearing a dark blue. This is, of course, uh, Juliana Blightcaller and uh, Roscoe the Blue Falcon. Uh, Thelonious becomes visible, meets with them. Uh, the stout halfling, uh, Roscoe the Blue Falcon, greets him, uh, says that he's a mercenary working for the Raiders. Uh, apparently he's not an official Raider himself. Uh, they finished a job to the south. They, they were looking to open new trade routes. Uh, the, their team killed the Devil Sword, uh, thanks to Odaskal, as we know. Uh, says that Juliana Blightcaller is a spellcaster, but doesn't have a spell book. Eh, doesn't really know a lot about her. Uh, he learns uh, from her that Flack is racist against Dragonborn. Uh, he being Thelonious. Uh, Alice and Hannibal... Go to Payne Imports and visit Gaius. Norbert Tinkledink is there. He's buying leather, says he likes feet, and admits that he's a business associate of Roscoe's. Meanwhile, Thelonious asks everyone at the bar about the disappearances. Uh, Roscoe pulls him aside, says he was friends with Zoff Reverus. Uh, Roscoe wasn't aware of his job or that he didn't have a job at the school. Uh, says Gada Davida passed away in Narquelian, and weird things happened there. Says Juliana Blightcaller is an odd spellcaster. Uh, Thelonious is starting to think that she might be a warlock. Uh, Roscoe thinks uh, that she stays at the Moonlight Cloak. He'll do some digging and get back to Thelonious. Hopefully nothing goes wrong. 
Uh, Alice and Hannibal speak with Norbert, who is told by Roscoe that apparently this city isn't good for selling shoes and that they would have to leave the city soon. Hannibal orders Cheetah shoes, Cheetah shoes, for 25 gold, and it's apparently going to take about three days. They then all head back to the Mertiel Alberge. Day 10. Abraham Goldbeard arrives at the Mertiel Alberge, who has Altarius Brightmore and a bunch of guards outside. Goldbeard comes in, uh, has been having terrible nightmares, and learned through divination magic that the ca- in the catacombs of Kuru, uh, that where Goldbeard's predecessor's predecessor sealed away a demon. Uh, but cultists have found a way in through teleportation magic. When he went to investigate with uh, some priests, something attacked them. Uh, they don't know if it was a cultist or something else. Uh, apparently, a cloaked figure gave Goldbeard uh, his piece of the armor years ago, but really knows nothing else. Uh, he hid it away in the catacombs of Kuru. Kuru was a lieutenant for Azadon, who was tasked with devouring priests. But after 49... Uh, or devouring 50 priests. But after 49, he was sealed away. If he eats Abraham or Altarius, he'll gain great power. Uh, the group will have to pass through trials in order to get to the depths of the catacombs. Uh, apparently, priests can just walk right through, but he can't ordain them or anything because that would be, you know, kind of unscrupulous. You know, that would sort of be going against ordaining someone as a priest, then it wouldn't really work. They visit Pain Imports in order to order silver items, which will be effective against demons. Uh, they talk to Gaius and learn that uh, the Pain family is who put in the request to explore the, the south uh, of the city. Uh, rather than directly going through Chimarazan's Raiders, it's more that they put it through the city and the city hired Chimarazan's Raiders. They visit the Moonlight Cloak and the new residential district uh, and Pass a couple discussing purchasing something. Uh, they meet Cleosandra Windwhisper, uh, who manages the place. Uh, let's see. They find that the group has already a room rented under their name. Cleo won't reveal what room is Juliana Blightcollars. It's almost like it would be really creepy if a bunch of people came in and started asking if somebody lived there. The group goes to their room, quote-unquote, and meet a cloaked figure in solid black uh, who they can't see their face. They won't reveal their name, but they offer the group three dreams. Tytherian, who witnessed the armor of Endless Night get forged, Grigor Grotzer, who found a brain, and Morn Ballantine, who arrived in Rayburn Falls 45 years ago. The cloaked figure will witness the dreams in exchange. She introduces herself as one who is unable to be killed by love, and she who awaits twilight, and comes from lands lost to space, but resides in the roar of this city. She is the memory of her people, and seeks eternity. She promises that she didn't give away the armor of Endless Night, and the group can tell that she's telling the truth to the best of their knowledge. Uh, She's going to send the group to the realm of dreams with magic. The group agrees to have the dreams. Oh, boy. The first dream uh, has Alice and Hannibal disguise themselves as Dragonborn. Thelonious, of course, is already all right. 
Uh, and the three are greeted by a black-scaled dragonborn warrior named Tytherion, who leads them towards Worm King Citadel. Uh, they learn that Botulism is apparently a young green dragon at this time, uh, but Tytherion has never heard of Emphysema. Uh, Devil's Attack, uh, they're slain with relative ease, mostly by uh, Tytherion. Botulism's age, by the way, doesn't seem to make sense uh, for when the armor was forged and how old Botulism is nowadays. Uh, something doesn't seem to add up with Botulism. Uh, let's see. The, the group goes to Worm King Citadel, uh, and they are introduced to Hephaestus Bloodbane, a blacksmith, a brass-scaled dragonborn. Uh, there's a little girl with red scales who adores Tytherion. Uh, he says that a daughter will soon be born known as Eurydice, who Thelonious knows to be his grandmother. Apparently, Laszlo is Hephaestus' assistant, but before they could see him, uh, Tytherion declares that he, will, he won't live forever and he must find a way to influence dragonkind throughout the rest of eternity, essentially. His pride will never die. And thus, Tytherion melts himself into a smelt for Hephaestus to craft armor out of. The group then leaves that dream and deals with a nightmare composed of the group's anxieties that tries to kill them. The next dream is uh, at New Arcosia, with a floating city rising off into the sky. Uh... A green dragon crashes, and its rider, Zyklon Bloodbane, swears vengeance against non-draconic beings. Uh, he's uh, heavily poisoned by the dying death throes of the uh, green dragon. Uh, a shadow dragon falls from New Arcosia, uh, but hits the ground and turns into a wood elf. A young Grigor Grotzer, who's obsessed with necromancy, wants that elf's brain. Uh, he thinks it'll be a valuable magical component. A brass dragon with a red-scale dragonborn named Pyralis arrives, but when the dragon doesn't obey her uh, to murder innocents uh, or non-combatants, uh, she stabs it in the head with a dagger of fire and advances on the group. As the group holds her off, Grigor is able to take the brain of the shadow dragon turned wood elf. The group transitions between dreams to meet Ananral Sin, a member of the Lords of Madness, who seems to know a great deal about Alice Elsamila, Thelonius's brother, uh, Thucydides, and Hannibal having been a Templeton. Ananral Sin asks if any of them know what it's like to love someone so much you want to scar their very hearts so that you re remain with them for the rest of their lives. Ugh, creepy. The group then, you know, as the dream is fading, uh, they learn from an honorable sin that they'll never meet him again. And so far, that has remained true. In the next dream, they find Morn Ballantine uh, when the exodus has finally ended. Uh, and they hear, the dwarf priest took one, and so did the slimy bullywug. That old adventurer promised he'd make it an heirloom, and the gnome with white hair, Gada Davida, seemed to think his student could be trusted. Those wood elf nobles didn't seem to care, 
but at least the pauldrons were left in that accursed tower to the south. Now I just need to find a spot for this helmet. But he is stopped by Pyralis, his wife. This was to be the city of Endless Night, uh, where the armor of Endless Night would be stored for the rest of eternity. Magic engulfs her hands, and she claims he'll, uh, she'll rip his memories out, and then Morn stabs her. He has a panic attack and leaves with the helmet, her last dying words being, I merely wanted to bring glory to Tytherion. Day 11. The group wakes up in the hotel, the dream ends, and they find themselves back at the Moonlight Cloak. It's in the morning. Uh, there's no cloaked figure around. The group thinks that Pyralis was the daughter of Hephaestus. The group realizes that the three dreams have one major link. Pyralis, who was the, likely the true dreamer. No evidence of anyone having eaten or slept in this room. Nobody who stayed in this room, likely Pyralis, ate or slept, which should be very concerning. The group sees Cleosandra, uh, who says that a cloaked figure left about an hour before uh, they woke up and came downstairs. Uh, Cleo seems reluctant to deal with authorities, hence why she seems to be giving them attitude. Uh, she uses Thieves' Cant on Alice and offers her a special store. Apparently, there is a black market at the Moonlight Cloak. The group does not deal with that and instead goes to the Mertiel Auberge. A note is left from Kizaru Bloodbane, who saw lights in the cemetery. At Rayburn Falls Cemetery, they find Pyralis' grave is half dug up and mourn with a shovel. He hasn't slept in days, but insists she's dead and wasn't a bloodbane. Due to Pyralis' attack on his memories, he feels that she died of sickness. He doesn't remember, but feels like he might have left the helmet in her casket, you know, when he buried her. When they dig up the grave, they open up the casket and find no body or helmet, but a hole has been smashed out and somebody dug their way out. The group suspects necromancy. She dug her way out years ago, so it couldn't be Gregor Grotzer nor Botchels and Bloodbane since he left the city before the exodus arrived. Vague traces of necromancy are in the casket, potentially being activated rather than cast. Questioned, Mourned reveals he doesn't remember uh, where they're hidden, but he wanted to hide them away. He remembers that much. They did horrible things to his uncle, Torn Ballantine. Uh, they were found on the battlefield and then given to Mourn at a young age. He says the armor changed his uncle. The magic destroyed his memories. Uh, Morn admits that Pyralis was interested in ancient magic, forgotten by time. They had an arranged marriage, since he was from Arcosian royalty and she was, had obtained so many war merits. The group realizes the person who gave them dreams was Pyralis. <coughs> they drop Morn off with Zax. They go to the Red Gorgon Saloon. Uh, Orvalt is speaking with Iser. Uh, Orvalt reveals that Roscoe was murdered. 
Apparently, Kimarazan knocked on the door. There was no answer. He kicked in the door, found a knife in the body's back. Kimarazan says his raiders took a job in the south. Uh, let's see. Roads went out of service a long time ago since a city there had been destroyed. Uh, Roscoe has a uh, bag of general goods, contract for a job in the south, as well as one for bringing Cascadia Citrine Fall to Rayburn Falls, which was uh, set up by the Citrine Fall family. Uh, window was unlocked. Uh, the, mon- uh, the dagger in his back is very mundane, likely found at any store, likely even uh, pain imports. No sign of a struggle, either uh, uh, trusted person or they stuck up on him. Gold was left in the dresser. Doesn't seem like it was a robbery gone awry. Uh, bed was made, but not slept in. Looks like crates and barrels were piled up in the alley leading to the roof. Alice, Hannibal, and Orvalt find Norbert Tinkledink crying. Uh, he reveals Roscoe went to his room after dinner. An hour and 17 minutes later, Norbert heard Roscoe speaking softly as he went to bed. He didn't see anyone go upstairs. Uh, they find a piece of, uh, a ripped piece of brown cloth, likely from like a brown cloak. Uh, that was uh, outside, uh, near the stacks of crates. Uh, Thelonious asks Orvalt about the lab in the government district, is given the location to the large uh, building next to the offices of Ballantine and Pendlegrass. Uh, a counselor had made efforts to restructure uh, where they had offices, so the building had been abandoned for about two months. Uh, Kimirazan doesn't remember who requested that change, but insists he's not very good friends with Longinus Payne. Really wanted that to be known. Norbert, meanwhile, says that when they uh, went south, they found a ruined town called Squallfire. Goblins destroyed it about 50 years ago. Odaskal took down the Devil Sore. Juliana, Blightcaller, and Roscoe were with Norbert. Uh, Thelonious convinces Kimirazan to pee into an empty bottle and takes it. This is important. You need to remember that he's got this, this bottle of pee. You really need to keep this in mind. Uh, let's see. Norbert uh, said Roscoe had nightmares in that ruined village of a decaying version with a spire. The group doesn't question Norbert on the fact that a spire is a tower or a citadel, and it's in the south. No matter. In the stack of crates uh, in the alley, uh, oh, I mentioned they have found a piece from uh, a tear from a brown cloak. The group goes to the Moonlight Cloak to speak with Juliana Blightcaller. Uh, Squallfire was a mining town, they learn. Uh, she's very prone to nightmares. She said Roscoe was trying to meet with somebody in the government district. Uh, she knows Zoff Reverus based on Roscoe, uh, what he said. Blightcaller reveals she's a warlock who studies the great old ones and worships Illinok, the teeth of gnashing desire. Alice finds a wooden idol uh, of a ball of inverted teeth. Real creepy. Uh, Blight Collar insinuates that the group knows where Schaffwilfgish is, uh, but the group denies this. An Adril Sin brought it up when they had met him, but they don't really know where it is. Uh, apparently, uh, Illinok desires some kind of release or rebirth. Uh, she draws power from it, but has no desire to help it. She wants nothing to do with uh, uh, the you know fact that... Uh, Illinok wants release, she just wants his power. 
Uh, she doesn't know about the disappearances in the city. Uh, she knows of Zoff Reverus, but never met him. Uh, she reveals that Shothfilthgish is the city in green mist where the great old ones sleep, the lords of madness. Uh, let's see. Asked to, uh, she's asked to find out more about Roscoe's death. The group arrives at the abandoned government building and finds a giant locked door which is unlocked by the key they found when they met Project X-319. Which took them longer to remember that they had it than it should have. But that's okay. Uh, There's a note on the door that says, if the 10 years required for Project X-319 have not passed, the traps I set will be active. I apologize for any deaths that may incur from your poor judgment in proceeding. Laszlo. They finally, uh, you know, get that key uh, uh, in there, and they enter. Uh, let's see. The they enter the atelier of Laszlo. Uh, there's an elevator they find that needs three magic stones to go down. In the research zone is a library with an ogre that has five chromatic dragon heads. Project Y22. Alice finds a perfectly preserved uh, dragon blood in vials. Project Y-22 draws a picture of it brutalizing the party. The group grabs the gold fuse and begins to fight the thing. Thelonious breaks the bottle of urine that he took when he falls over. Alice also uses Thelonious' old sock as a sling, filled it with ro- had filled it with rocks and launches it at him. I don't know why I felt that these things were important for you guys to remember. <sighs> anyway... Uh, notes on Project X319. Fine. If nothing else will work, I'll use my own body. Thelonious makes sure to take the art of the, you know, him and the party being brutalized. In the failure zone uh, are a series of cell doors. One has a dragonborn mummy. Another a crucified vampire. Uh, the next door has a zombie wizard who Thelonious let out named Frank, who they named Frank. He tries to obtain a magical item that Botulism Bloodbane left behind, but Thelonious blows him up. It's the Bloodstained Staff of Sacrifice. Uh, And Frank really wanted it. Uh, Frank's head remains. He claims Botulism was a young upstart of the Bloodbane family. After an argument, they destroy Frank. Uh, They take the staff and the plug. uh, Trigger a trap. They then disarm it, uh, and then in the disposal zone, a giant room filled with bone dust, a huge blind mutant worm guards the final plug. Uh, they have to sneak past it. They do so. They they get that and, you know, uh, uh, go back to the research zone and make camp. Day 12. Getting closer and closer and crazier and crazier. The next morning, uh, they put the plugs in and go into the depths of the Atelier of Laszlo, where they find a huge lab. Thelonious finds vials of dragon blood, similar to the one he has. On a crystal ball are some recordings. Uh, first shows Zoff Reverus talking with Laszlo, who assures him the brain they use will be fine, since after ten years, its memories will be wiped clean. Uh, and in a pod, in this uh, uh, you know sort of memory, is uh, a, you know this pod containing a red liquid and X319. Uh, 
In the lab, the group finds two cursed items, the Flesh of Hatred's Razor, a hilt made from dragon scales, and the Brittle Bones of Remorse, a bow made of bone. The next hologram appears, and Zoff is given a chest of gold after Laszlo is sealed into a container, who says that he'll wake up after ten years. X319 is still in his tube at this time. The next hologram shows a single red light on the capsule containing X319, a figure in a brown cloak approaches the capsule, opens it, releases it with a splash of red liquid. The thin cloaked figure with either a large head or maybe tall hood uh, places a circlet of domination on X319. The figure gives it a key and they both leave. The group doesn't remember any clues about a brown cloak, which is a shame, but it isn't it at least is a different color than Pyrolysis cloak, which was black. It could be horns uh, of a tiefling under the hood, they can't tell. Uh, within the sealed capsule is the disfigured kobold Laszlo, who might recognize the person in hologram three, maybe, maybe not, hard to tell. Laszlo reveals that he made X319 along with another person named Laszlo, uh, at the behest of Zyklon Bloodbane to eradicate all non-draconic life, uh, who operates directly under the progenitors of the family, Zyklon does. He says four hands weren't enough, so he hired Zoff since he knew him in Narquelian. Laszlo says the Ballantine family wouldn't get involved so long as they stay loyal to the Bloodbanes. Uh, so he doesn't think it was a, a member of the Ballantine family who would have, you know, been the one in that hood. Uh, he also knows of the armor of Endless Night, which houses the will of Tytherian, almost like living armor. Uh, he says it's odd that someone would order X319 to track down the armor. Uh, he knows Pyralis is the daughter of his former master and was attached to Tytherian. He knows she was looking into Lichdom and says that if her soul is in the helmet, it's indestructible. When asked about demons, he says that while he was sealed away for years, he had dreams about eating other people, and so worked that into X319, uh, though he augmented the brain so that it wouldn't do that to Dragonborn. Laszlo von Drakovich reveals he's a clone, and so his other self came to him with a powerful body to make X319. They then sent the uh, original who came with the body, von Drakovich's brain, to Zyklon Bloodbank. The brain that went into X319 was of Anavel's, one of the first projects Laszlo von Drakovich ever worked on, a wood elf who was transformed into a shadow dragon, but went mad. Uh, Anavel changed his name to Emphysema when he became a shadow dragon. Uh, he learned that Grigor Grotzer had the brain, and so he set up a trade. Project Z933 is behind the giant shutter door, but also mentions that there is a failsafe on X319. When questioned, Laszlo reveals that after the 10 years, it would have been strong enough. But since it woke up early, he used the inspiration from his dreams to design a power where it, uh, an ability where it gets power from eating others. Laszlo reveals that he ordered blood and parts, uh, causing the accident on the boat from Thelonious's past to cover up his dark requests to the family. Oh boy. 
Using Project Z933, Lazlo pilots the Tyrannosaur-like biomechanical uh, creature like a vehicle to attack the group. In the midst of the fight, he tears into the ceiling, bringing the creatures from the failure zone into it, augmenting it. After the group destroys it, they flee the crumbling lab. At the main government building, they find it closed and flag down guards to seal off the old government building. At the Maritila Bears, they relax, catch up with Maxwell, and analyze magic items. The journal uh, about aberrant beings that Alice left in her drawer is still there. Uh, and the group goes to bat. And now, the final day uh, as, that we are on before we get back into Season 2. There's a knock at the Maritila Bears. Orvalt and Abraham arrive with real grim news. Abraham Goldbeard reveals that the guards stationed at Altarius Brightmore's home were found dead, and Altarius is missing. Orvalt reveals the body of Odaskal was found in the old residential district with multiple stab wounds found beside the home of Cassius Payne. On top of that, Flatkey Marazon has gone missing, leaving a pile of blood, and his gear has been searched. Juliana Blightcaller uh, isn't at the Red Gorgon Saloon, but Norbert Tinkledink is. Uh, at Payne Imports, Gaius Payne is nervous and says that while Daskal had visited the store for arrows, uh, it doesn't think Cassius ever met him. At the government district, Verna L. Citrine Falls' office is closed up, and an employee tells them Verna wasn't in yet. Says the governor and other counselors all left early, Verna included. Uh, they find Kimarazan's office locked. After entering, they obtain a catalog of magical gear, and it lists solid black gauntlets which were kept in his bag, a piece of the armor of Endless Night. At the Red Gorgon Saloon, Hannibal receives his chate shoes from Norbert. In Flack's room, they don't find evidence of those gauntlets, but find claw marks and smashed-in window. Blood is mostly on and around the bed. Thelonious gives Norbert one of Flack's axes. Don't know why that was important. Uh, Norbert reveals that he didn't know Odaskal died. Uh, but nobody tells him. They leave that as a surprise for later for Norbert. Uh, he learns that Maxwell Steelbreeze is related to uh, uh, the captain of the guards in Narquelian. Uh, let's see. Uh, Percival Steelbreeze. Thelonious argues with Iser before leaving. At the Rayburn Magical Academy, they meet Kibo Freedom Peak, who is bullied into identifying magical gear. Uh, at the Catacombs of Kuru, a hundred feet down a ladder in the back of the Grand Duke Lion Cathedral, uh, you know, the shrine that's in the back, five pillars are around the shrine uh, with a plaque that says, The worthy must stand vigil to the imbiber. A chalice of poison is on the pedestal, ten gulps of liquid, and each sip would do tremendous damage. I think about a d12 of poison damage. Five pillars is an odd, uneven amount, and while the group is staring and trying to figure things out, Thelonious leans back and bumps into X319, who is using illusion magic to look like a fifth odd pillar. X319 grapples him and offers assistance as he's currently in green scales the ability to transform his scale color to different chromatic dragon scales. And that's where we're going to go ahead and pause today's session of Nudes and Dragons. 
thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. This show is brought to you by listeners like you. If you wish to support the show, go to patreon.com slash gamezilla media. From there, you'll be able to gain excellent perks, like a behind-the-scenes show for Noobs and Dragons. We thank you for your patronage.